Welcome, everybody. This is Dan Takini with Blood Nethos's Everyday Hero Podcast, where you can learn about the heroic efforts of B&E grads who are out there ordering chaos and releasing beauty in the world. Hello. Today I'm with Hendre Cotier, a very dear friend of mine. We've known each other for years. And Hendre is a graduate of the trainings we've done many, many years ago. How long ago, Hendre? Uh, close to 20 years ago. So yeah. in 1998, we did yeah, the first time. Or 97, I can't remember. Anyway, Hendre today uh, is an author. He's a trainer, consultant, uh, coach. Um, he is the author of Shiftability, creating a uh, sustainable and uh, sustainable advantage, advantage in selling. selling. Right. And a great book. I loved it. Thank you. And Pulse Institute for uh, Performance as well. Is right. That's right. And really, you're you're focused on human performance and transformation and bringing something into being that's never been before. Correct. So um, thank you, Dan, for having me here today. Um, so yes, founder of Center for Advanced Coaching, out of which we now have created the Pulse Institute for Performance and really focused on what generates high performance in individuals. And so we focus on high-performing artists, athletes, and professionals. And we're very excited about, you know, what's that, that, incremental small shift that takes somebody's game to a whole new level. You know, most of the folks that we get to work with are, are already successful. Um, and there's really one of two things that are happening. Either they've peaked and they've hit what we call summit syndrome, right? So they're like, yeah. suddenly they've gone from offense of actually getting to what it is that they're looking for. And now they've, they're playing a defensive game and the strategy's changed. And so we need to help them redesign and reinvent where they're headed. Or um, they're, they're playing a really, really good game, but they don't know how to optimize, right? Because, it, you know, compared to others, they're, they've excelled or they're better than anybody in their family or they're better than anybody in their team. And so there's no bar for themselves. And so what do we, how do we design a framework and a baseline for them to be very deliberate in, in increasing their ability to generate results and then helping them invent the unprecedented, right? Like, this is what I learned from you, right? Un- exploring the unprecedented, not being afraid of uncertainty, mm-hmm. relating to the future in a way that engages us in the present. And so what we've come up with is a, a framework and a process by which we are very deliberate about working with individuals and then also now with teams around navigating uncertainty, mm-hmm. designing the unprecedented, and then achieving results. Well, now look, I've known you for years. There's so much we could talk about, but I love it. Like, what got you into this? How did you get started on and your interest in human performance? Because you've been doing it for a while now, and I know you put extensive study into it. And yeah. You've got quite a, a group of people around you working with it, but how did you get into it? So, I mean, this is a, it's such a trick question because I, I don't <laughs> think you, you go and study it, right? I right. think my life evolved there's a I certainly have a sense of purpose or something that's drawing me into that um, I have a sense of um, I have a, a faith background or a sense of belief into the future into something greater and I've always had this sense of invitation mm-hmm. that I'm invited to engage and participate into something that is beyond me and perhaps you know from a psychological perspective of didn't feel like it was good enough and so I overachieved <laughs> But, you know, rather than resist that or feel like I have to be some type of victim. Particularly, I I think about your background, where you, you know, where you've come out of in South Africa. You you know, I grew up in in South Africa and I was um, 
very fortunate to be there during a very particular time when Mandela had just been freed and we were heading into our first free elections. And there's a couple of anchor experiences, I think, for most people when you take a look at when your life pivots, you can take a look and you see there's anchor experiences that, you know, are part of the narrative. And so <laughs> one of those anchor experiences was when I was um, on the student body government at my university and Nelson Mandela came and did his first free political speech at a university. And because I was on the student body government, I got to host him. And so I remember meeting him and um, I'm sure he didn't remember, remember meeting me, but he, uh, you know, he was really tall, six, four to me, that's tall. And um, stretched out his hand, said, hi, my name is Nelson. Uh, what's your name? And he, and he, asked me this in Afrikaans, which is a language that he would have learned in prison, right? So right. considered the language of the oppressor. So it was funny that he would actually ask that question or that he would speak in Afrikaans. He certainly didn't have to. And, um, and then he asked me what my major was, which I was studying philosophy and theology at the same time. And, um, and then he asked me a very poignant question, which, which profoundly has impacted the way I relate to, to the work that I do and, and everything that I'm involved with. He asked me, what will be your contribution to the new South Africa? Hmm. And what I later discovered after a lot of study and, and actually being invited to be part of the new South African government as a facilitator for the integration between black and white youth is that very question set the premise for the future rather than having anything to do with retribution or payback for the past, anything like that. The frame that he created from that question is one, you have something to contribute and the future is worth fighting for or f worth contributing to. So, and that, that became the premise of a amazing conversation uh, for me. And, you know, three months later, I got a fairly clandestine phone call, say, hey, would you like to work for the government? And I said, which one? <laughs> <laughs> and I got some training and, and what ultimately, what we created there ultimately became uh, the second run of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And so amazing experiences like that. I, I then left South Africa, and, and my mother's a Dutch immigrant uh, to South Africa, born in Amsterdam. I moved to Holland. Um, you, you speak know, Dutch as well. I speak Dutch. Yeah. I speak a number of languages. Dutch Dutch is actually my first language because I grew up with my mom and my grandparents. And so um, moved to Holland and honestly was intimidated, right? Because, you know, I'm from Africa. didn't know if my education was going to be on par. didn't know if, you know, the way that I framed the world and we, you know, South Africa, we were, I always felt like I was 10 hours away from anything that was really happening in the world. And then got to Holland and got to see that, that, you know, my contribution was valued, not always, you know, happily, but it, it was, I had value to add. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, what'd you do there? Uh, so I worked, first worked for a nonprofit and um, was asked by them to help kind of reset their European youth movement. I also, uh, got to be involved with uh, some refugee work in Bosnia. <laughs> and I did some work in Eastern Europe uh, where, you know, we were helping people uh, kind of deal with very hostile and negative situations, which is what my training was in South Africa and the background that I had around large group awareness, how to manage very difficult conflict scenarios. And at the same time, you know, I, I did this coaching thing, right? I had in South Africa, I had an opportunity through the Institute for Mentoring 20-something years ago, to learn a nine-month process of helping young entrepreneurs design their vision, mission, and values, 
and then you know I sold them the T-shirt and the and the coffee cup and all of that stuff as well, right, to make money. And so I did the similar thing in Europe, uh, just coaching entrepreneurs. And and one day I had come back from Bosnia. I was doing some work there and had the opportunity to speak at a leadership event. And a gentleman had walked up to me and said, "Hey, I'd love for you to coach me." Um, I am a board member of Allianz Insurance and I'm trying to convince these guys to go online and I have incredible resistance. Could you help me navigate the resistance on this board so that we can get these guys online? And so that was my first foray into large corporate organizations and, and it became the door that ultimately led me to the Virgin Group in Europe uh, or in mm-hmm. London and ran sales for one of their smaller company organizations there and then started getting into the corporate game. And actually, after that, or in the middle of all of that, you and I met. I know, it's the training um, in Michigan, right? We did, yeah. I, I was actually going through some, you know, some pretty dark personal place, you know, a relationship that didn't work out, and a couple of financial business deals that didn't work out. And I thought, you know, it'd be good for me to get out of the front of the room and actually be a participant for a while and, and recognize my own stuff. And... Um, you called me out. I mean, first four hours, you read my mail. Um, I wanted to run. You saw that um, <laughs> and stood with me in a way that I don't think anybody else has stood with me um, since then or, or, you know, up until that point. And so, um, and I've said this to you before, Dad, I, that workshop, 19, I believe it was 1998, maybe it was, 97. It was 98, yeah. Uh, it saved my life. It was devastating mm-hmm. having my eyes open because recognize I had a contribution to it. And, and though I didn't create it, I certainly contributed to it and had some, some level of responsibility. And if I was going to turn my life around, I needed to own complete responsibility for my life. And um, that ca- catalytic experience kind of drew me out of a significant amount of depression. Mm. And then, um, you know, went back to the UK, started working there, you know, had a significant amount of success, which I'm super thankful for. And then had an invitation from you to come and, and join you in Italy, right? We did some work in Florence. So much fun. <laughs> I, laughed. I, I, I think I laughed once one of the trips. I laughed the hardest of my life. Yeah, we had a great time. And that, that opened up, you know, an opportunity for you and I to work together here in the U.S. Um, and, and I think our first in... in uh, well, I mean, you blew my mind. You just, you got on a bus and just came... Or a plane just came out here with yeah, I a thousand a bucks in your pocket. I bought a one-way ticket for two hundred and fifty bucks. Got upgraded by request to first class. Ate all the salmon that I could and all the champagne <laughs> that I could have, um, and flew out here. And and then I had fourteen hundred dollars, and I bought a nineteen ninety-two Chrysler LeBaron for nine hundred bucks out of an old lady's estate, and I had five hundred bucks left to pay for half half the rent that I needed to pay for. And then, you know, our agreement was, you'll help me with uh, some paperwork, but any income is up to me. And, you know, kind of Gary Vaynerchuk style, just hustled, right? Just went out. <laughs> yeah, right on. You did. You did. We did. Quick. You know, I, I, I created a program called The Reckoning. Yeah. And that was a one-day thing. And out of that, I created a program called The Journey, which was a, the first group coaching program that first I designed. Group. Yep. And we used that for a long time. Right. And actually, the Journey program has been used by, I think it, it, right now, it is, there are 23 coaching schools around the world that use the, the Journey as a premise for a group like coaching process. Yeah, it's basically the back, backbone or yep. the framework for it. And you know, people have added a lot of their own stuff to it. I'm, I'm sure the iterations of it is a thousand times better than what I created 20 years ago or 16 years ago. 
But um, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of set me on my way here. We, we did a project together with the HIV AIDS hospital in St. Mary's Care Clinic in Long Beach. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, that was unbelievable. Unprecedented yeah. work, yep. uh, tough work, um, hard on the it's soul. the World AIDS Association. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, we did some work with Disney together. We, we did some crazy things together. And, and, you know, I'm glad that we get to be friends. And, and you know, you and I have done projects from time to time together. You went to Brazil a couple Just, years ago. Yeah, a year and, and a half ago. A year and a half ago. Yeah. And, and so, For yeah. you, it was great. I, you know, I, I, when you think about your work and, you know, like, what is it you're ultimately looking to accomplish through your work in the world? Like, is there something that you are after that you're looking to affect in the world? Yeah. I don't always think about Intentionally? it. Intentionally? Yeah. I don't know that I always think. I, I mean, I, if you asked me that question 10 years ago, I would have said, you know, you know, I feel my calling is to raise up and release leaders. Right. And, you know, I've, I've learned so much different language or different frame. You know, the, the, the idea that I have something to contribute into, something to, um, to add to the world is no longer an ethereal thought out there that, I've, that I feel I have to articulate in a way mm-hmm. um, in order to pursue. For me, it has become so, such a part of my DNA. And so, you know, f- right now I'm, I'm really looking at opportunities, what is out there, what can I contribute. I feel confident and clear about what we have to add. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a transformationalist, right? That's yeah. the work that we do. And so recognizing uh, language or states where people are st- stuck, I think the work that we do is creating frameworks, mm-hmm. right? People often have an idea of what they want, and they certainly have an idea of where they are. The sequence in between or knowing how do I get there or just sitting in the question how that can sometimes sabotage everything, right? And really provoking what we do ultimately as transformation people is we provoke commitment. And I think if, if that's, if there's anything that I'm doing, I'm getting people committed. Yeah, they're acting. Yeah, they're taking action. There's taking action. And committed is more than intentionality, right? right? It is actually by results. And so, you know, I've often said, if people work with me, I, the last thing I want them to have is walk away and say, wow, working with Hendre has been so great. Uh, I learned a lot. You could read a book and learn a lot. Go to That's Google, right? right? Yeah, I, go I, to Google, exactly. I, I'd rather have somebody say, working with Hendre was great. I did this. I got that done. I changed this. I, and so the results speak louder. And we live in a society that has become addicted to insight. And the challenge is insight creates this illusion of transformation, right? Because my brain rewards me right away if I have the insight. insight, And so the illusion is that I've actually changed or because I get it, um, you know, now I'm I'm transformed. And and the reality is I think right now with so much people being recognized for where they're at or people having language for their current state, there's a trapping. The trapping in the language for our current state is that we get validated for, for where we are. And then we actually can have a real choice. Either I use that validation for where I'm at as an excuse to stay there. Mm-hmm. Or I can now say the fact that I know where I am gives me a responsibility to design where I'm going. Right. And so from here, I can get to where I want to. Correct. And so, you know, the work of transformation ultimately is inventing the unprecedented with people. 
you know, we do two things. We recognize patterns that got them here, mm -hmm. and then we figure out where they want to go and then design a pattern with them or a framework in order to get where they want to go. And that simple way of uh, process of holding a framework, which is ultimately the work of coaching or ultimately the work of a facilitator, is to hold a frame in which people participate. They got to engage. They got to do the work. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can create the frame. I can be the invitation, but I can't do the work. And so um, one of the fortunate things that I get to do is I get to help coaches and, and, and advanced facilitators create and design frameworks. And that's what I love to do, right? So I have, you know, we've, we've had the privilege of training uh, personally about 6,000 coaches around the world over the last 15 years. What I like to do with coaches is I like to give them a, a clear idea of their own voice, their own design, so that when they bring a framework to their clients, that framework is unique. We're not trying to reproduce what we're doing. I'm not trying to build the biggest organization in the world. I really want to have coaches and facilitators, transformationalists, own their own voice, recognize how to do a framework, and how to manage that uncertainty for well, a client. When, like, when you talk about coaches and clients, where, where do they come from? Like, what, how do customers come to you? Do they come yeah. to you, clients come to you because they want to become coaches or they're already coaches, or they're managers who want to learn to coach in their, their organization. How do they come to the center right. for advanced coaching? How do uh, they that's, that's, that's a great question. So we, so we, we have a number of different uh, iterations of what we do. So when we're talking about coaches, we don't do the entry-level training for coaches, right? right. We, we partner with a number of organizations that do that, and we recommend a lot of guys. You know, you, you have a phenomenal coaches academy that really brings people and accelerates their development. It's one of the best out there. And so we partner with organizations like that. We contribute material. Yeah, you got a lot of great material and ongoing training and right. resources and connections and network. It's just yeah. amazing what you've got going out there. So what, we are, what we're looking for, or, you know, our mark are coaches who are, you know, advanced. They've, they've already got their certification down. They're, they're like there. And now they want to take it from... Hey, how do I how do I use a tool? They're not just looking for a tool. They're really looking to put their own frame or their own voice out. Mm -hmm. And you know, we work everything from marketing to designing some specific unique tool that's unique to them. And so the Center for Advanced Coaching does three-day, sometimes four-day deep dives that are very immersive. They're mastermind style. Uh, we get together here in our office in downtown Santa Ana. And it's, it's intense. It's similar to the trainings that yeah. you do, right? And the workshops that you do, it's really about drawing things out for people. But we really talk a look at the target market. And, mm -hmm. and our market is very interesting. So we have three frames in which we play. We have the global market. And so we have a very international and eclectic thing. I'm currently writing a book on uh, transformation from a Western and an Eastern perspective. And Tammy Saito, my partner from Brazil, she's writing the perspective from Latin America. Mm. And so really taking a look at transformation from on a, a cultural basis, frame yeah. on a global global basis. And then, and it's for me, it's very, you know, being from South Africa, having lived in Europe, living here, and having worked in 77 countries, now being able to say, well, what does global really mean, right? What does that look like? And how do we bring those amazing cultures into transformation so that it's rich and it's a, it's a very unique type of development? And so, you know, we're extended around the world. I get to work with Synergy Works in, in China. I get to work with the Pulse Institute in, in Brazil. And, and we're just about to launch Pulse Institute here in the U.S. as well. 
So there's the global part, then there's the corporate part, mm. where we, we work with executive teams and we have developed an amazing set of tools that work with teams. And obviously with Shiftability, we focus a lot on the salespeople and then the, the senior executive team around strategy and then actionable plans to optimize their team experience as well as the individual experience within those teams. So, and that's, a, that's really more of a, a tool-based and an assessment-based product that we train coaches in or we go in and we serve corporate organizations. We're fortunate we have a, a large group of coaches who are associated with us. They have their own business and we empower them and they're out there doing their thing. And then the, the third piece which is really where you and I have so much simpatico is, is our social justice work, right? Where we, we want to make a difference around the world. Um, it's really a way for us to give back to society, to communities. And, um, you know, it's our passion work, right? Whether that is in, in ministry or whether that is in some type of social justice environment. Um, you know, we've done everything from working with uh, people coming out of slavery in Thailand to dental work all over the world to, you know, whatever other people's passion are, you know, our job is to create a framework for that to be ignited. And so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Now, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, they wanted to contact you and, and avail your services, how do they get a hold of you? Right. So if it's coaches who come to us, um, it will be with the Center for Advanced Coaching. It's, it's very simple. It's advancedcoaching.com. You can just go take a look there. Our program for individuals who are looking to take their performance to the next level or their engagement to the next level, um, that's being launched through the Pulse Institute through my partnership with Tammy Saito. She's amazing. She uh, has worked with some of the top athletes in the world. Um, she works with the, the Brazilian um, volleyball teams, top people. She works with the, the, the soccer teams, top folks. Uh, really good performance mental coaching. And so... Uh, the Pulse Institute's about to launch. We have offices in Orlando. We'll have offices here in LA. And so you got to wait a little bit on that. Uh, okay. There'll be a link on that on, on advancedcoaching.com soon. But that's going to launch here uh, in the first quarter. And we're but advancedcoaching.com, they can that, find it. Exactly. They can find what we're doing there. And that's advanced with a D. Correct. Right? Advancedcoaching.com. Yep. Absolutely. Man, Henry, it's always fun to talk with you. Um, I We're running out of time. I just want to thank you for... This period has been rich hanging out with you. Thanks for the great food this afternoon. You're very welcome. And um, I, if you are out there and you're listening and you have a bug and you want to advance your coaching, you want to go further into it, remember advancedcoaching.com, Hendre Cotsie. So, Hendre, thank you for being here. Thanks, Dan. Thank you so much for always creating uh, great opportunities for, for other people. You're such a way, uh, you have such an amazing way to amplify other people's work, and I love it. Thank you for doing that. God bless you, man. If you like what you heard today, please check out the Hero Being Process, an eight-week online gymnasium designed to support you in transforming your ability to heroically fulfill your unique purposes with freedom, love, and creativity. Available at theherobeing.com. Until next month, keep kicking at the indifference until it bleeds life.